Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the lives of ourselves, our family, and others. In this episode, we will look at ideas that are on the edge of reasonable, or you might consider them unreasonable, but we'll quickly look at a few things which are possible threats or disasters. And my hope is that you will give thought to how to prepare for some unlikely event that is unusual. But uh, these ideas, like I said, they're unusual, but I hope it will stimulate thought. For example, a meteor could hit Earth. Okay, well, this has happened several times before in ancient Earth history. Uh, similarly, there's Planet X, which is also called Nibiru. It could come by Earth and disrupt Earth's atmosphere or Earth's tectonic plates. Well, this has only happened according to legend. But now, as of April 2016, there are a few observers who have claimed to see the approach of this planet X. Mm. All right, another thing is a massive volcanic eruption could happen. Well, it could happen with Yellowstone. Or it did happen with Krakatoa in Indonesia in 1883. That was a big eruption. It was said to be heard halfway around the world. There are other things that could happen, like there could be a massive crop failure. It could be caused by a plant rust or a fungus. It could affect wheat or it could affect potatoes. And this such a thing happened in the mid-1800s with the Irish potato famine, and it caused a large movement of people groups, that is the Irish, at that time. There's also the possibility of massive anarchy. Well, in the U.S., did it happen? Yeah, in 2014, it started with Ferguson, Missouri riots. And in 1965, there were the Watts, Los Angeles riots. And in 1932, there was the United States World War I military veterans. They had riots in Washington, D.C. because they did not get the benefits they were promised by the United States government. Or there could be, maybe, a military invasion of the United States. Well, it's as likely as it is, unlikely as it is, it did happen in the War of 1812 when Great Britain occupied Washington, D.C. Okay, now there's a few people who suggest other things could happen. Uh, for instance, a new world order is a thought that's often thought of today. Taking control of our country. This is an example of what an impossible event could be. But, they say, why did 9-11 happen? And why did Building 7 completely collapse on 9-11? Building 7 was a 47-story building which was not hit by a plane. And yet, it completely collapsed in a free fall, just like the two World Trade Center towers that collapsed. Well... We don't know that anything will happen. But some things have happened, even if we don't know why. So we can assume that some things just might happen again. The point is, strange and unpredictable things do happen. And surprises happen. And they can disrupt our day-to-day -day life. So with uh, uncertainties in life that do happen, I say, let's get a little prepared. Let's start our preparedness now, before there is an urgent need, and what you want is hard to find. This is episode 13, and remember to give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. 
John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. Settle up your Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to the world. As you join us here on Red Sky Radio, where we ride hard for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ, God bless you all. Uh, you're going to have to be patient with me today. I have um, coming out of the tail end of a cold. I'm not going to sing Old Man River for you in the middle of this, though I think I could. But I am a bit short on breath, and some people say, hey, it's about time this guy was short on breath. Uh, he talks too much, talks too fast, what have you. I'm going to need to slow it down today so that I don't end up in one of those... Um, well, those kind of a coughing attacks, you know, where you, you generally feel okay. You're coming out of something, but all of a sudden there's this tickle, and you get slammed up against the wall, and you're coughing uncontrollably. I'm not going to share those gory details with you today, and I have a, if I know how to use it, a coughed, cough switch for that. That's maybe the good news. Technology has given me the ability to not be 100%, but still be able to do a program. So anyway... And I'm going to shift things around a bit today. I always start with good news. Well, maybe that's a good news for the technology, and I think that the Lord is in control. I thank him every day. I praise him that, Father, Lord God, you have things in your hands. It doesn't seem like that sometimes because we're, we're down here at ground zero, not that he isn't, but from ground zero, sometimes we can't see anything else except what's at ground zero. In other words, we aren't looking up. We're looking laterally or we're looking down. We're seeing all that's around us, all that would discourage us. And I've said this before, discouragement is probably ultimately the worst place to be. You could be battling some sin of cigarette addiction, uh, gambling addiction, pornography addiction, you get a victory over those things because as long as you know that you have a battle, that means you're still in the fight. But discouragement, discouragement is when you take yourself out of the battle. When you decide to call it quits, what can happen when you decide to call it quits? Well, God can move sovereignly. I mean, Jonah decided to call it quits and go to Tarshish, and God had another plan. You know, the, the ship uh, had a few uh, problems in the high seas, and then along comes the big fish. And God can do those things to make sure you stay on track. But not always. You get discouraged. The best thing that you need to hear is good news, something to reverse the discouragement. Because when you're discouraged, you say, I've had it. I give up. There's nothing more I can do. Well, if you're not going to fight, you're no longer in the battle, right? By definition, you've taken yourself out of the battle. And the reason I'm mentioning that, other than the fact I didn't have any of this planned, 
was a gentleman I talked to just yesterday. I like the man, don't know him real well, known him for a couple of years, but not well. And he just said, you know, I get around people that that are different, think differently than I do. He said, I just shut up. He said, I just withdraw. I don't want to have anything to do with it. It's unnecessary. In other words, this is a gentleman who sadly has said, I'm tired of playing first string wide receiver. I'm going to take myself out of the game. I'm going to go over and sit down on the bench or tell the coach, bench me. I'm not going out. Look, if you take yourself out of the game, the coach can't make you go in, right? I mean, you don't take yourself out because when you are discouraged and you're down, there's nothing left. Well, I hope that I don't discourage you folks each week. I guess that's where I'm going with this. I share things that you won't hear other other ways, and you have programs, no doubt, before me and after me that are filled with encouragement and hope, and that's fine, and I'm thankful for them. If every program on the radio were like Red Sky Radio, it would be a big downer. But I'm not here to be a downer. I'm here as a watchman on the wall. And the watchman on the wall is not there primarily to encourage the people who are inside the wall. He's there to warn the people who are inside the wall of what that watchman sees coming. And so if the watchman sees a horde of of uh, vandals coming, what have you, what, whatever it is, and he sees that they have swords, he should tell the people they're coming with swords. If they have guns, tell them they're coming with guns. They have armor, they're coming with armor. How many of them are? Well, here's, and that's not to dis, to discourage the people or to put them in fear. It's to help them prepare and to, to know what is coming down the pike, as they say, and to be able to prepare for that moment in time when everything that you have, everything that you are, and everything that you believe in, and all that you've relied God upon for in the past is going to be called to the forefront of that battle. You have to bring it all, and you have to bring it real soon. We are approaching that point in this country. Maybe we're already there, certainly in some locations. We probably are. But it's nothing we should actually be fearful of. Jesus told us that it would not end well. As I mentioned last week, he said, you know, those who endure to the end shall be saved. Endure to the end. You got to endure, and you got to endure all the way. Then you're saved. You're going to be saved. You know, you can't throw in the towel partway down the road. You can't deny Jesus. You can't take the mark of the beast. And I'm just going to have to do some programs on why there's no such thing as a pre-trib rapture. I just, I keep coming, cycling back around to that. And I'm just going to have to do it maybe in a series that covers a whole bunch of points and debunks that mythological, semi-theological approach to Scripture. It's not there. And nothing will straighten you up and straighten us up by having some good good dose of persecution to have you awaken out of that pre-trib stupor that many people are in, thinking that, that the reason we don't need to deal with these problems is because if they get really bad, we'll get yanked out of here. Which, of course, is an elitist view of end-time events, especially by those in the United States, many of whom overwhelmingly embrace that falsehood. And because they, and why do they embrace the falsehood? Because they themselves have never faced persecution. Unlike the emails I get from people in Pakistan or Vietnam or places in, I don't know about India, I haven't gotten any emails dealing with persecution for my Indian brothers and sisters, haven't received any of those. No doubt they're out there. No doubt they are. But Jesus warned us of these things to come up when we're dragged before our accusers about not having to think about what we shall say, because at that moment in time, the Holy Spirit shall give us the words to confront our accusers. It says during the end times that there was there's power given to the beast, the Antichrist, to overcome the saints. There are those who will refuse to take the mark of the beast, and they are decapitated. 
And who decapitates people these days? There's only one religion I know of that takes heads off. You can figure that one out. So my point here is you have to fight against discouragement. If you don't fight against discouragement, you don't have a fight to be in. And the fight against the discouragement is the first fight. But if you overcome that discouragement, then you're prepared for battle. Then you're ready for that point where David says, is there not a cause? You're ready for that point where David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who dares to defy the armies of the living God? I love that. I love that clarion call to battle for a battle that's right and righteous and timely and for which we know that the Lord has called us to. Are we not supposed to destroy the works of the devil as Jesus came to do? He passed that mission on to us. How do you destroy the works of the devil without engaging in a battle at all levels, whether it's your local school board, whether it may be inside your church, maybe you're stuck in some uh, you know, Venezuelan outpost like California or New York. There's a battle everywhere. You don't have to go looking for them. The devil will find you. If you speak up, he will find you, but be prepared. And so the stories that I'm going to start with here, there's a long introduction, I know, are not here to discourage you, but so that you understand the extent and the nature of the evil that is before us. And before we are done today, I promise you, I promise you, I will give you the kind of good news that I have been praying for, that I have said ad nauseum on this program that I'm looking for, I am thrilled about, and how effective will uh, this event, what I'm seeing, how, how effective will it be? I don't know. But just the fact that it's really started is incredibly exciting to me. Okay. I've said in the past, all right, I've beaten up on Democrats long enough, and I will not continue to do that unless, excuse me, unless something happens during the week that requires me to beat them up. If there's something new, or if they, in particular, as I'm going to share in a minute, they're doing or saying something that actually I had predicted some time back. And they're actually very, very easy to predict what their next move is going to be. So I've said in the past that it seems like the Democrats only have about a seven or eight, nine-word vocabulary, right? They talk about, oh, you're Islamophobic. Well, you're homophobic. You're a racist. Uh, you, you hate speech. And in global warming or climate change, we got to say that because there's no more global warming. we got to go with climate change. They only have about a seven, eight, nine-word vocabulary. And when they're done with that, they come out with expletives. They've become the masters of the F-bomb. That's the, that's the eighth word in their vocabulary. And with the assumption that volume is a legitimate substitute for substance, they just get louder and more rancorous. And so the next story is not here to titillate anyone. It is just simply to tell you something that was easily predicted some time back. And I've just waited for, uh, I'm surprised it's taken this long to come true. And this is Chrissy Teigen, who has become now the model turned left-wing activist. Um, you know, I'm going to digress here. So this, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not. I'm looking at a picture of her. So she's a model. I have to tell you, I don't find her the least bit attractive. No, not, not the least bit attractive, as in zero. And all, but, but she brings out something that I was telling somebody the other day that I really find startling. Now, just sit back. I'm going to speak it as a male. This is not, females, you probably already know this. But there's this word in Scripture, which is a beautiful word called countenance. And you read it particularly in the King James Version. And it says their countenance was saddened, their countenance was brightened. And we, have, we, we tend to think of it simply as 
whatever the face is expressing. And that's sort of correct in a somewhat superficial manner. But what this word describes, and it's a beautiful word, is that which is on the inside of the person. In other words, it's the person's heart showing up on their face. That's the real countenance. So you can ask somebody, you say, well, how are you doing? Hey, I'm great. Well, you liar. You, you, you can tell by the way they say it or the manner. They can't look at you. I, I'm not calling them a liar. I'm just saying they really don't, really don't mean that. Their countenance does not match their speech. And as such, I have found that among left-wing women, I'm a male, I'm a raging heterosexual, okay? Sorry, I'll admit that. Among women, when they are, um, when they are filled with a left-wing mentality headed towards rage, I do, it does not matter what that woman looks like. I think she is just incredibly unattractive. I don't care if she has the flawless body by world standards, the perfect skin, all of this yada, yada, yada. She'd be on the cover of whatever, Cover Girl or Vanity Fair or, or uh, I don't know, who knows, Mad Magazine. I'm, just, I'm kidding. But no, no appeal whatsoever. And why? is It's because the countenance, it's what's in the woman's heart that actually I can see in the face. And makes the person just unattractive. On the flip side, there is a woman who may be, by the world standards, rather plain in some respects, but has the love of Jesus in her heart. That radiance, that countenance, finds its way from the deepest parts of her heart all the way up to her face. And the face lights up. And the person becomes attractive. Attractive, not in the sense of wanting any amorous kind of relationship. I don't, don't get me wrong, but attractive in the sense that the person's appealing and you want to be around that person. It's a big difference. So back to Chrissy Teigen. Here's the supermodel, what have you. Turn left-wing hack, who I find particularly unattractive. So she, speaking to a group the other day, I uh, forgot what, it was a democratic retreat of some sort. She is encouraging the women at this retreat to begin to use the F word more frequently, telling the other side to, you know what? This is her advice. They can't say it often enough, and they can't say it loudly enough, so they say it more often and louder, and now are out encouraging other Democrats to use the F-bomb. <clears throat> this is easily predictable. This is what I would expect about somebody filled with evil. Now, there's a, there is another component here, as my mother-in-law had on her refrigerator, which I always love this, that profanity is an attempt by an evil, or I'm sorry, no, i got to get this right. Profanity is the attempt by a feeble mind to express itself forcibly. Well, in the case of the Democrats, they really are feeble-minded, and they have to do this to express themselves. They're filled with rage. They can't compose an articulate, meaningful argument for virtually anything. And here's the other little secret. And I haven't talked about anything I planned to today. But it is what it is. That passage in Scripture talks about God after people have resisted him so long that he turns them over to a reprobate mind. Now, the reprobate mind I have always considered to be a mind that is simply filled and consumed with evil. And that may be certainly the larger portion of it. But it wasn't that long ago I started to consider how could you be filled with evil? And God has given you over to that to do those things which are completely ungodly. How would you in that situation how would you in that situation be able if your mind were filled with evil? 
How how could a person ever function properly in any of the other ways? Oh yeah, they can drive a car and they can pass a driver's license test and you know all of that stuff. But when if your mind were turned over to being reprobate, would it not also affect your ability to reason on a whole host of issues? This is why Democrats with PhDs are just it's just it's it's just a big pile of hooey that I hear come up. They don't make any sense. They're contrary to all logic against all reason because some of them certainly have reprobate minds. And this is what I'm hearing out of Chrissy Teigen. Now I'm going to move over to somebody who's sliding over in that direction, and I'm just going to back it up. And this is Oprah Winfrey who bashes America the other day at a speech that she gave <clears throat> at the Women of the World, Women in the World Summit. Now, I'm just going to quote her for starters. We live in a country that is somehow confused, cruel with funny, serious with intelligent, attitude with belief, personal freedom with stockpiling assault weapons, and what is moral with what is legal. I want to stop right there. This is Winfrey, who's on the left. She's lost it. I mean, I I don't know what she started with early in life. I understand that maybe she went to church and blah, blah, blah. But she's just slid. She's been slouching towards Gomorrah for a long time. But what she is saying, she thinks she is speaking about conservatives. She says, we live in a country that somehow confused cruel with funny. Stop right there. So you got a Kathy Griffin who's holding Trump's uh, a head filled with, covered with blood as an image, and the left think that thinks that's funny. You see, it's the left that's confused cruel with funny. Not the right, not the conservatives. Everything they talk about killing Donald Trump and all the other things that they talk about and this and that, that, that uh, all your... Uh, your hate night TV shows, Colbert, what have you, Kimmel, the hate night show hosts, they they think they're funny with their cruelty. So Winfrey is talking about her own, thinking she's addressing the other side. And she goes on to say they've confused serious with intelligent. That isn't just... That's not, that's not what describes a right. She's talking about herself. The fact is just what she is saying. Just what she's saying is a reflection of confusing serious with intelligent when she says we're confusing serious with intelligent. So we confuse attitude with belief. Wait a minute. The left has no beliefs other than that they hate Trump and will do everything they possibly can to bring him down. They're the ones that have the attitude. We're the ones that have the belief. And I will tell you, we're, we're, most of the time, we are not doing a frontal assault. We're in full defensive posture because the media bashes, crashes, and trashes the right at every chance it could get. Your government bureaucrats, most of your government teachers, your schools of lower learning, otherwise known as Cornell and Places like that, Mount Holyoke and Smith College and some of those loser schools. They all hate conservatives. They hate Christianity. They're Christophobic. They're Bibliophobic. They're Elohimophobic. They're El Shaddaiophobic. They have confused attitude of belief. She said, you're confused personal freedom with stockpiling assault weapons. This, I, this just blows me away. Is it your personal freedom to own a, first of all, is it an assault weapon? Well, this is either how disingenuous Oprah is or actually stupid. I don't know. You take a pick. Maybe it could be both. But the fact of the matter is an assault weapon to a, we to a democrat is anything they decide to call an assault weapon magically, voila, becomes an assault weapon. This is, this is the reprobate mind trying to process facts. It can't. 
An assault weapon is a weapon you use to commit an assault. Could be a hammer, could be a knife, it could be a chainsaw, it could be a gun, it could be a single shot twenty two, it could be an AR fifteen that holds thirty with a thirty round magazine. Any one of those. If you're using an assault, it's an assault weapon. That's common sense. That's the intelligent here, Oprah. This is reason, Oprah. But you but the to the Democrat to the reprobate party, in their case, an assault weapon is simply whatever they define legislatively as an assault weapon, regardless of what it's used for. So let me ask you, President Obama called them assault weapons all the time. Hillary Clinton called them assault weapons. Then why did Obama and Hillary, why were they always surrounded with guards who were possessing that which we call assault weapons. If an assault weapon has only one use, and that is to commit assault, then who were Obama's bodyguards assaulting? Or who did they plan to assault? Who did Hillary Clinton's bodyguards plan to assault? If they got assault weapons, and that's the only legitimate use. You see, this is the reason that is not there on the other side. This is the mental acuity that's really vacuity. It's a vacuum. It's not an assault weapon if you're using it to defend yourself. Is it an assault weapon if four thugs break into my house and I unload with a, with a semi-automatic rifle and take them all down? Wait a minute. Who am I assaulting? I'm defending my home. I'm defending my wife. I'm defending my property. And one more thing, Oprah, before we talk about just how incredibly hypocritical you are with the next comment, nobody is stockpiling assault weapons. I don't, I mean, you can, this is how dumb they are. You can have a lot of guns and you're not stockpiling anything. If you've got a problem with woodpeckers that are, that are banging on your house and you need to get rid of some, Maybe you would not use a rifle. You would use a shotgun. But if there's somebody who's shooting at your house or you need to hunt, you're hunting for a deer, you're not going to use a shotgun. You're going to use a rifle. And I could go on and on with the different uses to which guns are put because they are a tool. Go out into your garage and look at your tool rack. How many screwdrivers do you have? How many wrenches do you have? You got all kinds of things because they call for different uses in different situations. I mean, I had three chainsaws once. Why do you need three chainsaws? Well, hey, one for trimming, one uh, to cut light stuff up on the ground, and another one to cut the big kahunas. You see, it's a tool. But the left regards guns as as just simply evil. So she's saying stockpile. I don't know if anybody is stockpiling assault weapons. I don't know of anybody who has two AR-15s. They are no doubt out there in this listening audience. And as far as I'm concerned, God bless you if you do, because you're going to probably have to loan one or give one or more to others and other family members when the day arrives that you need to do it to defend yourself from a government that now is in control or that will be in control who wants the worst of you. Don't go away, because I'm not done with Oprah. We'll be right back. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. But in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us, as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 
1-800-285-8358. Thank you. back. This is Rob Older with Red Sky Radio. i got to speed this up here. I'm getting behind today. Finishing this particular quote, she said, and we live in a country that's now confused that which is moral with that which is legal. Now, she thinks she's challenging Republicans with this and conservatives with this because while it is legal to exclude illegals, she considers it to be immoral. And I could go down the line and know what she what she's thinking here based on what she said before. But she's really talking about her own. And a couple of examples will make it very clear. How many women would have gotten abortions if abortions weren't legal? And when it becomes legal, it becomes moral. Now, I understand the purpose of the law is not to confuse people. Law is supposed to reflect that which is moral. And a lot of people assume that, well, if it's legal, it must be okay. The most perfect contemporary example is all the people who started smoking pot that's not a smart person who's smoking weed i mean in fact i need to do a program on how it will wreck your life but all the people are smoking pot and they assume it's now morally okay because it's legal no one has confused what is legal with what is moral more than the democrats so winfrey goes on and praises the 42 women elected to congress and the midterms and this women in the world summit saying she she said if i were a gambler i would sure bet that these 42 new congressmen have experiences with issues that few congressmen have ever had to face now that may be true may or may not be but what she is what she really is saying here is she's talking to the democrat women what i'd like to hear her say is you know what else now, um, how many of these Democratic women, Congresswomen, have to face what conservative Congresswomen have to face? Let's drill down here. Let's get down to the tarmac. Let's get down to ground zero because the press covers for Ilhan Omar Shmomar, <coughs> covers for uh, Talayab, the two loser Muslims in Congress, and they are losers. Ocasio-Cortez, who uh, is still somewhere. Where is she today? I don't know. She's in some line somewhere waiting for a brain donor. But these these people, they get, they get called out by Hannity once or twice, and they think they're under major attack, when in reality the whole media is covering their derrieres. They don't face, con- these women do not face anything like a righteous conservative congresswoman is faced, like um, Michelle Blackburn or Michelle, uh, gosh, I can't think of her name now. I'll think of it in a minute. Just escape, not Mich- uh, Mar- I'm sorry, Marsha Blackburn. That's why I got confused. Marsha Blackburn uh, or Michelle Bachman. Gosh, boy, I just drew a blank on that. It must be this uh, cold I'm fighting here. But anyway. So she goes on to say, let's see, let's start with there's a, prof- uh, a profound and abiding lack of equitable pay in the world today between men and women. Ditto for the lack of affordable child care. I'm going uh, to take a man's side to this. No, I'm not a man's side. I'm going to take a side of reason to this issue because I am getting sick and tired of this equitable pay argument which never takes into consideration that in many cases it may be the guy's got 10 years of experience and the woman has two years of experience. Could that not be? It is often the case. Do I support differences in pay among people who are equally qualified and equally experienced and of equal value? Well, yeah, that's fine. But who is of greater value? And I'm going to make an example here. I have no use for Meryl Streep. I don't agree with virtually anything she says. 
I know she's considered a great actress. I've seen a few things in of her in uh, that she's in, and yes, yeah, she's a good actress. But I have a hard time spending money and and putting money in the coffers of people who hate me, and what I stand for. So Meryl Streep is billed as the female lead of some movie, and we got the male lead is sort of weak because it's not a male oriented movie for whatever reason i mean whatever the i don't care what it is it's just the focus of it is not dominantly male related issues maybe the movie is about some single mother trying to raise four kids on welfare well that's not going to be predominantly about guys so you're going to have a female lead whoever is the male lead in that let's suppose meryl streep makes 500 percent more than the male lead because she's the dominant role. Maybe Meryl Streep is going to get five times what the guy gets because the one who's going to draw people to the box office isn't the schmo on the male side. It's Meryl Streep. Let me ask you, okay, you got John Wayne and you got Maureen O'Hara. Who got paid more? John Wayne. Who is bringing the money to the box office? John Wayne, not Maureen O'Hara. There's this, there, there, there is not an equality in every situation. They may be important, but it's a false equality. It's a faux equality. And so she goes off on this thing as profound and abiding lack of equitable pay. Well, you know what? Um, I'm just sort of tired. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of hearing the left's nonsense and hearing what is nothing more than the reverberations of what they think to be mature and uh, an intelligent thought being being nothing more than the reflections of a of a reprobate mind. And she ends with I don't know why I'm spending so much time on this. I guess it bothered me more than I thought. She ends with highlighting the shocking abuse of women serving in our military. Well, you know what? I don't know if there's a lot of, of uh, I, I mean, I don't know how much abuse there is of the women in the military. Maybe if women weren't in the military, maybe there wouldn't be the abuse. But people say, oh, Rob, you're going to keep them out of the military? Well, I don't know. I, I was not objecting to being in the draft pool when it was only guys. But what sh- But when Oprah leaves out of this, What she definitely leaves out of this is the fact that the abuse of women by men in the military is not the biggest abuse in the military. The biggest abuse in the military is homosexual abuse. What was it, 18,000 cases of men on men as opposed to men on women, which was 14,000 from a couple years ago? Or women on women? No, you want to find the real abuse. Don't look to the guy vis-a-vis the gal. It's primarily the queers that are in the military that commit most of the abuse. That is a fact. Got to get moving. House Democrats introduce a bill forcing schools to allow boys on the girls' sports teams. Now, we're still talking about the reprobate mind, right? The bill would force all schools to allow boys who claim to be transgender to compete against natural-born female competitors, supported by all the Democrats in Congress, every single one of them, except a, uh, I forgot his name, it's a Polish guy, Lipinski or something like that, who's pro-life, Democrat from Illinois, the only one who voted against it on the Democrat side. This, this is what they really believe that this somehow is, and they call it the Equality Act. That's what this is called. Now, they want to attach it to the Civil Rights Bill. So I want to, you know, for my many black friends and listeners listening to this program, we have many, I want, I'd want. i like to ask you what you think about having the tranny wagon hitched to the Civil Rights Movement. Do you really think, I mean, I would be upset that when something 
that was as legitimate as the civil rights movement and the fair treatment of of blacks and all races would now be sharing shelf space with the trannies of the world. I, I would it would bother me to no end. It bothers me, and I'm not black. They said here, opponents of equality in athletics for transgender athletes have argued that girls who are transgender have an unfair physiological advantage over cisgender girls, meaning ones who aren't really girls, fake, let's just call them what they are, fake girls, have physiological advantages over fake girls, and as a result will dominate women's competitive sports. Now, we know that to be the case, and I'm not going to go on to the matter in Texas where, what was it, Mac Beggs uh, claimed to be transitioning from female to male, took a bunch of testosterone, beat the daylights out of all the other girls while he was still competing. Uh, you know, it goes right on down the line. This, the the student born a male in the track meet in uh, Alaska that just creamed all the girls. This goes on just over and over, and increasingly so. But they say that this is part of the uh, part of the Equality Act, the equality component of the Civil Rights Act, that is that is necessary to bring a the kind of equality that this country is known for. Folks, this is not the kind of of um, equality this country is known for. But it says here, a party's um, f- favoring the bill said that the claim that transgender athletes have a physiological advantage over fake girls and f- is not rooted in fact, that biologically male athletes claiming to be female will all perform their female com- competitors is not rooted in fact. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying about this reprobate mind? We we use this phrase, it's SOS, stuck on stupid. How on earth can anybody, and these are the people in Congress, 234 of them voting for a tranny bill to force down the throats of the people, all the girls, that the girls' teams have to put up with fake girls? Let me ask you, when you watch the Olympics, when's the last time that a woman in a sport, got a gold medal that beat the time of a man competing in the men's group, of course, but for the same event. Well, there's a 100-yard dash or whatever, 100-meter dash, whatever they call it. The swimming, no. That's why they're separate, because they are not the same. Are we equal? Yes. Are we the same? No. Why do we think? Why do people think we had to lower the standards to uh, for women to be able to pass a, a physical exams, get into police academies, and for fire departments and for the military because they weren't able to do it? This, this is the; these are the facts that have been rooted naturally in our society and everything forever. And you have these moronic Democrats contending that there are that any difference between men and women is not rooted in fact. I, I just, you know, God has turned this entire party over to a reprobate mind. When you have what would work out to statistically 99.5% of all Democrats voting for a tranny bill on the basis of the fact that there's no fundamental physiological difference between men and women. Now you know why I said before, I would not leave an inheritance to anybody that's a Democrat. All right, last one, then i got to get to our good news. Campus police, Mount Holyoke College, announced that the newly selected campus police chief, Daniel Hecht, was immediately put on administrative leave because of a backlash from students who discovered that on social media he actually likes 
Donald Trump on his Twitter account. That's right. They can. He's on administrative leave because the students can't stand somebody exercising their First Amendment. So get this. You are a public employee. The government, meaning this school, because they receive government funds, piece of crap university as far as I'm concerned, Mount Holyoke, you're a public employee. You're a government employee. That's the school, the administrators. The government doesn't like your speech. They don't even like your speech on your private computer, on your private time. And you get fired, and it's the school that's calling people like you and me Nazis. The government doesn't like your speech and what you say on your own private time, and you lose your job, and we're the Nazis? This is your reprobate mind, folks. This is your reprobate mind on steroids. I got to fit, fit one more in here. Instagram, another thing I've gotten to hate. Okay, here's Instagram's community guideline standards, and I'll tell you what happened. They said, this is their standard. We want to keep Instagram a safe place for everyone, and we ask that you treat other members of the community with respect. Even if you didn't mean to offend someone, remember that we created these guidelines to support and protect our community on Instagram. Okay, so far, sort of so good. But when hate speech is being shared to challenge something or to raise awareness, we may allow it. We may allow it. In other words, they're saying there's certain hate speech that might somebody might call hate speech, but it's there to challenge things or to raise awareness, like to challenge the Christians, to make a raise awareness what the conservatives are up to. Then we may allow it. But in those instances, we ask that you express your intent clearly. But we will remove posts with captions that encourage violence or attack anyone based on who they are. Listen to that. Instagram. We're going to remove posts with captions that attack anyone based on who they are. Of course, they allow all sorts of stuff against Christians. So they're obviously hypocrites, but the left are hypocrites as part of your reprobate mind. So they took down a comic posted by Babylon B founder Adam Ford. And the and the comic was dealt with a couple of women speaking a couple hundred years ago. And so that's they're speaking in a pre-Civil War debate, debating the morality of slavery, using arguments uh, similar to the debate over abortion. But then they, and starting with the question, does slavery ever bother you? So that's the first part of the cartoon, the comic, so to speak. The last picture in the comic is entitled 200 Years Later. But it's two women who have a dialogue about the morality of abortion, with one starting with a question, does abortion ever bother you? Instagram took it down based on hate speech and the fact that supposedly it somehow uh, condoned violence. You see, the reprobate mind would take this comic section and say, okay, the people who don't like abortion must support slavery. I mean, it's got to be, that's how they're thinking. You say, well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, they're saying, well, if they don't like abortion, because uh, then they must be okay with slavery, because they're drawing a distinction, but in the opposite way of which it should be drawn. What is violent about wanting to stop abortion? The violence is wanting to keep abortion. This calls into question the morality of abortion. And it's the calling into question of the morality of of something that is violent and evil. Calling it into question is what Instagram now calls violent and evil. The reprobate mind, lost, confused, evil, stupid, unable 
to actually connect dots and in a line of reasoning. Well, I'm going to skip one other story here. But I want to get to a good story here, which I love what's going on in one particular area. If you have listened to this program for any length of time, you have heard me say ad nauseum how much I have prayed for, longed for, encouraged, advocated, and would subsidize the rise of articulate, conservative blacks and Hispanics into the mainstream of American culture. I'm a white guy. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the one against whom hate crimes were designed to uh, be limited in their application, a white male heterosexual, okay? I know I don't have every forum I would like. I don't have every pulpit that I'd like to be able to get into. I am limited by the limitations other people put on me. I'm, I'm okay with that. That's why I do this program. But Candace Owen, uh, Owens, I'm sorry, uh, Owen, I love this gal. I mean, she is young black woman, articulate, sharp, conservative. Her testimony on the House floor uh, this last week against Ted Lieu, the openly, uh, you couldn't get more queer than Ted Lieu. The Cong- I wish we had somebody in lieu of Lou. Uh, of course, he's from California, who uh, took some things she said out of context and Owen before that committee absolutely flattened him. She, I mean, this is what Satan is intended for evil. God is going to use for good. He attacked her, called her into question, misquoted, took something out of context. She drills and nails this guy and asks him why that he must think all black people are stupid. I mean, and, and the, the this is, I have longed for this. For this woman who has got three times the gray matter that Ted Lou has, or whatever he's got, he's a reprobate. It's all being wasted. And Candace has been anointed. Anointed. I loved, I mean, go, go look at it. Candace Owens' testimony before House, I think it was the House, um, was it not, not the Judiciary Committee? Yes, it was. The House Judiciary Committee. Listen to what he did to her and listen to her response to him. And you will be proud of this young woman. I don't know whether he's calling her into politics or what. It might be a case where, you know, people wanted Rush Limbaugh to run for office. Well, if he was stuck as a senator from Florida, he has far less impact than being on the radio. And maybe Candace Owens' greatest impact is becoming a mouthpiece for, and, and this is a humongous and, being the new role model for young black females. Just like they were after Clarence Thomas because they were afraid that he would become a new sort of role model to lead blacks off the plantation and out of the Democrat Party. That's what Candace Owens is doing. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. Sour from townhall.com, I'm Keith Peters. North Korea has announced that it has test-fired a new type of tactical guided weapon. Based on a yet unverified announcement from the North Korean news agency, it's being reported that Kim Jong-un observed the firing and may have had a hand in guiding a rocket, which Kim says marks a demonstration of his army's power. The news comes on a day when Russia's Kremlin has announced preparation for North Korean-Russian summit, and it comes only two days after South Korea's president said he's ready for a fourth summit with the North Korean leader to try to salvage talks between the North and the United States over nuclear regulations. The White House has offered no comment on the story. 
George Bonzani reporting. Tomorrow's the day when the redacted Mueller report is released by the Justice Department. Correspondent Mike Hempen reports President Trump's legal team plans to respond after the Mueller report is released. The Justice Department expects to make a redacted version of special counsel Robert Mueller's report on the Russia investigation public tomorrow morning. Rudy Giuliani, one of the president's attorneys, says Trump's lawyers are working on a rebuttal to the 400-page document that will be dozens of pages long. Democrats are demanding that the entire Mueller report be released to the public. The Trump administration proposed new regulations aimed at making it easier for investors to take advantage of tax breaks for investing in opportunity zones in low-income areas. The proposed regulations issued by the Treasury Department seek to clear up questions that were keeping some investors from using the tax incentives. President Trump, speaking at a White House conference to promote the program, said governors in all 50 states and U.S. territories had designated 8,700 neighborhoods as opportunity zones, making these economically depressed areas eligible to be used for the federal tax incentives. On Wall Street, the down by three points. The Nasdaq dropped four. The S&P lower by